I was speaking at a, a church in Barking just a couple of Sundays ago, and uh, well, I didn't think I was speaking in a church in Barking. I, I was thought I was invited to a church in Barking, and uh, I didn't even have my Bible with me. And uh, the pastor said, it's lovely to welcome everyone, and Ian, I'd like you to come forward and bring some greetings, and then you can bring the word. (laughs) And uh, I thought, what word? (laughs) (laughs) But praise God, God was good, and it was an amazing time, so praise the Lord. Um, Can I ask you what you're convinced about? I thank you for those lovely songs that we sang. I nearly sung myself hoarse there. It was wonderful, but not quite. Um, But what are you convinced in? I mean, what are you fully persuaded about? What is the conviction upon your life? Think about it. Are you convinced that the best has been in your life? Are you convinced because of whatever circumstance that things are not going to change? Are you convinced that there are things that are impossible for you? Are you convinced that maybe some of your dreams that you believe were God-given will never come into being now? What are you convinced in? What is it that grips your soul? What is it that puts the limit on your life? What is it? Because when you're convinced, you start believing for stuff. You start believing for potential. You start believing for opportunities. If you're convinced, I could never speak to anyone about Jesus. Convincingly. That's for other people. If you're convinced that your neighbours will never come to Christ, for whatever reason. What is the conviction upon your life? I'd like us to turn to Romans chapter 28, verses 28, gosh, you'll find a long while looking for Romans 28, won't you? (laughs) This is the second book of Romans, which which is in my Bible, but isn't in yours. (laughs) Could you look at Romans 8? We're off to a good start, aren't we? This has got to get better, yeah? Verse 28. And listen to the word of God. And we know, that seems to imply some sort of conviction, that in all things, in how many things? God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of of his Son, So if you're predestined, you're conformed to what? The image of his son. 
that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called, and those he called, he also justified, and those he justified, he also glorified. He's talking about you and me. Not some abstract person, but you. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. For how many of us? This is a bit inclusive now, isn't it? Yeah? We're being sucked into the middle of Romans chapter 8. You and me and Jesus together. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? How many things? Does it all actually mean all, by the way? Does it? Okay, so we're settled that all things means all things. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, hallelujah, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who is interceding for you? Praise God. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, in how many things? We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. There's a nothing there. We've been talking about all. There's a nothing can separate you. These are absolute things. There's no middle ground. This is God. This is about God and you. And so Paul starts by saying, and we know in all things God works for the good. And then I am convinced that neither death nor life will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He's convinced. That's a conviction on his life. We'll end with saying how powerful that is. Paul has a certainty in his life. He is assured. He is confident. He has a security. You know, today we... Um, we desperately need such confidence. You need that confidence. I need that confidence. We need that assurance. We need that conviction that we know. And it's being eroded, undermined by doubt, undermined by lots of other thoughts and philosophies and reasoning. Like a, like a, a, a sort of cliff a chalk cliff and the, 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 
the waves keep coming in and slowly eroding until the thing collapses. Erosion. It makes us feel precarious and unsure. When God calls us to be certain, to know the place where we stand is solid ground. It's a rock. And what we believe in is absolute. And we, we spoke about or read three alls and we know in all things. Verse 28, verse 32. How will you not also with Jesus graciously give us all things? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Paul has come to this conviction, this assurance, this solidarity with God. And it's not after, after his conversion experience. It's not after being knocked off his horse. It's not after just receiving his sight. It's not after just being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's after being in the wilderness for, for so many years. It's after all the, the persecution and the stuff that's happened in his life. It's after him being left as dead. He has this great assurance that has become unshakable. And just as I was thinking that, that's in, in, in my life, I need that. In your life, you need that. You need to wake up with that assurance, that, that positivity, that your security, our security, is in Christ Jesus. He who saved us will continue to work his purposes out within us. Hallelujah. He will. He saved you. If you've given your heart fully, if you're fully committed to him, he is fully committed to you. Hallelujah. He is the only one. I know that we're, we're committed to one another. But he's the only one who is fully committed to you. Who will work all things together, who will give you all you need. Has made you more than a conqueror in him. That's our Jesus. That's this amazing faith. No matter, no wonder the enemy is out to erode your faith so that you're no longer convinced. You waver between two opinions. God was saying, no. Your strength is in your faith, in your conviction of you being fully persuaded that you may know because you know. So our security is in Christ. He's not fickle. He doesn't change. This is not one day is one thing and the next day is another. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today and forever. And so this word is, is forever. It's no new thing. We're up for new things, aren't we? We all like new things and the old things get tossed away, don't they? Well, eventually. Yeah. 
But we know we're into new things. We get tired of the old things. We get tired of the old way. We want something new. Something dynamic. And if God was like that, he would have cast me away years ago. But he's not. He is fully persuaded that, that Christ in me can be the hope of glory. He's persuaded but he wants me to be persuaded. To me to believe what he believes. And when that, those two things happen, well, it's like dynamite. Yeah. The fullness of the, 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 the Holy Spirit looks for those who are fully committed and, and he will strengthen them. He will not drop you. He has not given up on you. Does that deserve a hallelujah? That's grace. He has not given, he, he has faith in you. That glory. That fills, that fills me with a, with a wonder. That God has faith in you, he has faith in me, despite me. He knows, he knows everything about me and that he's still got faith. Although we live in a fallen world, we don't belong to it, but we belong to the one who has overcome. Hallelujah. God has chosen us that we might be made into the likeness of Christ. That's what we read. This isn't a haphazard thing. He has called you. We are God's elect, the Bible teaches us. We are justified, the Bible. We, we read. He was justified. We, we, we'd be declared as righteous in Christ. That's us. We may not feel like it, but that's the reality. Satan accuses. Jesus declares us as righteous this is my one I've made him righteous and we've been glorified it said in John 17 22 I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one Paul knows in his life that all things work together for good the things that you are contending with God can work together for good the issues that you face in your life. Paul knows. In fact, his prayer isn't necessary take this away from me. It's work it together for good. Change me. And if I've got to carry this thorn in my flesh, then I'll carry it. If it helps to conform me to the image of your son, that your glory may be seen in me. Isn't that what we see in David and Maggie? You know, it may not be that he's, he's, he's been healed yet, but God is working that together for his good. See it in Maggie if she cares for him. Those times where she weeps quietly, silently, God is working 
in their lives. Other people would say, well, where is God? Where is he? He's working. He's changing us. He's making us into something so beautiful. The potter's hand is upon the clay. We need to confess it and, and, and thank him sometimes. What is our response? And so put it, if God is for us, who can stand against us? I need to know, we need to know that God is for us. Hallelujah. Because there may not be a lot of others for you, but he is for you. How wonderful. Because he did not spare his son, but graciously gave you and gives you all things. If he did not spare his son, how much more could he be for you? If he gave his son for you, what more conviction do you need? What more evidence do you need that is for you? That he sent his son to die for you? He is for you. So if he is for you, what accusation can stand against you? It's God who justifies. And that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding for you. Hallelujah. We are the most blessed people in the world that Christ could not only die for us, but he prays for us. And Paul's conclusion is, who can separate us from the love of God? Can trouble, can hardship, can persecution, can famine, can nakedness, can danger, can the sword, can any of this separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus? And that is a resounding no. In these things we are more than conquerors. In those things. Not outside of those things. You're a conqueror in them. So whatever you're struggling with, you can be a conqueror. You are a conqueror in Christ. Who loved us. And more than that, we are more than conquerors because we enter into his victory. We are victorious not because of our ability, but because of his victory on the cross. Because he overcame. Because he destroyed Hallelujah. And therefore, getting back to where I started, I am convinced that neither death nor life, he's convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. There is nothing. This is a sort of a list. Then there's that, that catch-all of nor anything else in all creation. If I haven't included something in this list, well, this is it. There's nothing else can separate you. There's nothing. You've got no excuse. You have absolutely no excuse today to feel unloved by God. No matter what, no matter what you're facing, 
No matter how you feel. This is God. And the key is, it's in Christ Jesus our Lord. Our security is in him. We need to know that God is for us. He hasn't just voted for you. He hasn't just raised his hand and said, I'm for them. He's given his son. Who would I give my son for? Would I give him for a reprobate? Would I give someone who's, who's sold out to drugs and anything else or whatever? Would I give my son? He did. We need to know he gave his best, his son. Will he desert us now? Will he not give us what we need to be able to stand? His grace will flow from Calvary. We need to know that God has justified us. Therefore we stand and we're made righteous in Christ. We are chosen, we are elect in Christ. God will not accuse us or he will not deny the work of Calvary in your life. He declares you as righteous. Our Christian experience may change, but our righteousness will never change. What you do from day to day doesn't change your righteousness in Christ. You were made righteous in him. You didn't become righteous. You didn't earn it. When you're in Christ, you're right. This is so amazing. So glorious. And we need to know that he intercedes for us. The Holy Spirit and Christ intercedes. It makes us secure. You know, someone sometimes there's no one praying for you. But Christ and the Holy Spirit. Constantly. Mark, he prays for you and he prays for you by name because he loves you and he's made you righteous. And he wants to do amazing things in your life and he will give you everything, every single thing you'll need. And in every circumstance, he's working it together for good. Nothing can separate us from God's love. We are not shielded from trials, but Christ's constant throughout our lives. Nothing can change his love. He will not withdraw it. It is unconditional. And we are free from defeat because Christ lives in us, in us by the Holy Spirit. And we share his love. We share his life. We are secure because Christ prays for us. And that nothing, nothing, nothing can separate us from his love. So what are you convinced about? I close where I started. Do you carry this conviction of Paul? Is that the strength in your life? Or do you hang on what other people think of you? Or what is true for eternity, what Christ has given for you and believes in you.
You know, I, I get back to Paul. Paul is convinced, and you think, oh, well, Paul doesn't know my life. Well, take a little look at his life. 2 Corinthians 11, 24. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Five times this happened. 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and day in open sea. I had been constantly on the move. I had been in danger from rivers, in dangers from bandits, in dangers from my fellow Jews, in dangers from Gentiles, in dangers from the city, in dangers in the country, in dangers at sea, in dangers from false believers. I have laboured and toiled and have gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked besides everything else. I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Do you think he doesn't understand? Is this the reason for his conviction? His reason for his conviction is because he knows he's God. And he knows his God is able. He's convinced. And, and this it's I am convinced, I am persuaded. He's been persuaded throughout his life, through everything that's happened to him, that this God is able. He's been influenced to believe. He has confidence in God. He's put his full trust in God and God has carried him. In 1 Timothy 1-2, I know whom I have believed in and I am convinced or I am persuaded. Life has taught me this. He is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. What are you entrusting to him? Are you fully committed and wholehearted according to the God we've read about? I'd like us just for a moment or two just to be quiet. And for me and you just to become persuaded to such a degree that we are convinced that the things we face are not going to become master over us. because he is our Lord and he will give us the strength and the ability and not only that to get through it but we'll be changed by a degree from glory to glory and that we his church, his beloved the one whom he gave his son for the one whose son prays for the one whose son has invested his life into and gives us all that we need for righteousness and holy living. That God is for you. He is for you. And as you believe that, 
like morning dew evaporates in the, in the rising sun, your fears will go. Your sense of inadequacy or inferiority will go. Your every weakness will be overcome by strength. It will go as the Son of God rises and takes his place. Now you are fully persuaded by the truth of his word and the reality of life, his life. Father, would you just move in our hearts this morning? I thank you, Father, you're an amazing God. Thank you for helping to convince us. May we live for your glory and praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Be blessed, my friends.